Hello and welcome to Edgeguard, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Blake. I'm joined as ever by my co-host Jordan. Hello. And today we have for you a very special episode. No, it's just a regular episode. We played a game called Every Mama Possum. Is special. Yeah, that's true. Every every episode and game is special in my heart. <laughs> Mama Possum is special because if if anything because it has a very very good title (laughs) mama possum what a hell of a name uh mama possum it's not credited to a a a studio at all but uh there's there's four people credited uh for the creation of this game concept by cassandra call there's an h in there not sure how that factors in story by kevin snow artwork by george cavalinus and sound by Priscilla Snow. We'll have uh, links to all those people in the in the show notes, and uh, we'll I'm sure we'll tag them on Twitter if they have mm-hmm. Twitter. So <clears throat> you can find people that way. But uh, but Mama Possum is a sort of it's. I think we've talked about Twine Game so many times, but I don't know that we've ever actually played like a full on Twine Game. I was trying to think. I think this. Well, might be A Century was like basically. A ah, yes. Game. Okay, you're right. That's I'm totally wrong. A Century was literally exactly. Boom. Gotcha. Uh, a twine game or a century whatever that game it, cool game go play it listen to our episode be our friend <laughs> we got an episode <laughs> uh, Mama Possum is also a twine game mostly uh, with some mm-hmm. extra buttons um, what uh, why don't you uh, kind of break down what, what the game is uh, okay so the game is um, w- you play it in browser on the itch page and it looks like a uh, a, a like drawing um, instrument panel of an instrument panel for uh well the description says this is a kaiju apocalypse so you are and that you're in a mech so presumably this is your your mech um and there's like four buttons on your panel and then some text pops up that tells the story in the uh like in your windshield and you click on uh bolded letters in or bolded words in the text um, mm-hmm. to advance and sometimes you click on buttons uh, that correspond to the mech's various actions mm-hmm. um, uh, I guess this is one of the games where you can't really give a good summary of the game based on mechanics uh, mm-hmm. the plot of the game is that this is some sort of like post-apocalyptic or currently ongoing apocalyptic mm-hmm. um, scenario in which uh, huge cockroach monsters are attacking. Seems like mostly the eastern U.S. And you're you're in um, uh, the Great Smoky Mountains. We looked that up. Where is that again? That's in like uh, it's kind of like Midwest. So in the game, you're like your character's from Arkansas, right? And you're trying to like fend. You're trying to stop uh, the yeah. It was Arkansas creatures from right. progressing yeah. eastward into Arkansas from uh, the yeah. Tennessee Texas, North Carolina uh, border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like uh, you're trying to stop them from getting past. There's some mention that they've never gotten past Tennessee before, but they keep advancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you um, and your sister um, are the operators of this mech, Mama Possum. And it's like uh, kind of you. There's some ambiguously detailed mechanism by which of some sort of like plug-in goes into your brain and that's how you operate the or your spinal cord or something and that's how you um it's very like cyberpunk 
it's literally way. the exact premise from Pacific Rim, which is that it requires two pilots who oh, yeah. are jacked in via their spinal column to connect their brains. Yeah, uh, so and they, they can, can like, like feel each other's like yeah, and like emotions their and thoughts. Thoughts, which actually, yeah. I guess I never, I haven't seen the the new like sequel to Pacific Rim, but Pacific Rim never touched on like characters with uh, previous relationships and a past, which I think is like maybe the most interesting thing about this game is that uh, that your your sister is the other person that mm-hmm. this that is piloting this mech and uh it goes a lot into like the sharing each other's brains you like realize truly the dynamic of the relationship between your sister and like the animosity that has built up over time but also the obviously the the love and, and uh, concern for one yeah. another yeah it's a it's a nice like has a very good like realistic dynamic of like yeah, I love my sister more than anything in the world, but also we've just got so much past that there's a lot of darkness there as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, but we're we brought get, together like, by our mutual desire to smash big-ass roach, roaches with our huge with, possum, with possum. Uh, machine. Yeah, I want to actually like before. Also, we, also like, I didn't actually notice until just now, but there's cup holders in the. Uh, that's that was interface. literally what I was just gonna say. I was gonna say I didn't. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I didn't realize this until just now. But there's cup holders, and there's also like a a, a cigarette lighter. Yeah, just yeah. The right <laughs> of those on this dashboard. It's a very like. Uh, I don't know. This whole game has a very like salt of the earth, like white collar vibe. Like these are not. Yeah, the no, rich, totally. The rich people are hanging out in safe places. And the working classes banding are, together are fighting off the to pilot Max and fight <laughs> off the 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 kaiju scourge. Yeah, I think I think that's a totally correct reading because like it it really does the uh, it tries to like give them a little bit of a like um uh like Appalachian accent with the yep. uh, the like cutting off the G's in the um mm. like uh, verbs yeah there's definitely ing like, so like smoking always always ends like that way and just the, the way they yeah, talk it, it's, there's this a solid amount of like colloquialisms in the in the, yeah, the yeah. writing uh that kind of established this as a person who's uh you know not particularly fancy and doesn't have a particularly flowery way of speaking which is <laughs> is fitting because the character you're playing as is uh mentioned to have been like a a long-haul trucker yeah uh, yeah, so, and I mean the 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 pilots area is also like clearly supposed to look just mm-hmm. kind of like a truck cabin. Yeah. Like the two levers on the left kind of remind me of that. And then mm-hmm. just the the like two fluffy dice hanging from the top. Uh, even though you don't actually have a rear view mirror, they're hanging from where they would be hanging if you did have a rear view mirror. Yeah, um, and there's uh, there's some nice like I don't know. I, I, I for some reason I got the uh, like vibe that this is like a 1980s or 1990s apocalypse. Like this mech doesn't mm. particularly look like it was built. Uh, you know, it, it's not the shiny futuristic Pacific Rim. This is like yeah. a Pacific Rim fan fiction. Uh, if the Pacific Rim took place in like or like the apocalypse started happening in like the 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's one way to read it. I mean, it is definitely supposed to like look like, like the equivalent of steampunk, but for like, I don't know, industrial, like um, 
combustion engine version of yeah. steampunk or something like that. That's like what, ste- what steampunk was to people in the eighties, combustion mm. engine punk would be to us, and that's what this is. That's you that's my what? analogy. I think I think that that's a new genre. We've already got like the deep combustion punk, punk, engine the, punk, the, gas the punk. Deep, yeah, like ga- I kind of like gas punk. Gas yeah. punk, our new genre. Look for Boom, it coming soon. It. Soon, gas punk twenty seventy seven is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> the hottest game of 2019. <laughs> uh, no, but let's. Uh, I don't know. Where do you want to? Where do you want to approach this this game from? I think it it's a very narrative heavy game, so that's kind of like probably what mm-hmm. most of the conversation is going to be about. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about setting first. So okay. I've noticed now that I ha- I don't know if this is a function of just post 2016 news cycle or mm-hmm. the circles of the new cycle that I am in mm-hmm. or if I, there's actually something here but I've noticed a ton of games recently um, about that like take place or deal with in some thematic way um, like the play, de-industrial America so like the Rust Belt or like mm-hmm. Appalachia or something like that. So mm. I'm thinking of Night of the Woods, sure. of Kentucky Route Zero. Mm. Those are the two like famous ones. And now this mm. one. Yeah. And it's like that that for some reason people are really like seem drawn to those kinds of like like hollowed out, kinda old, rusty settings. Yeah. I uh, mean, and and the people who live there. Yeah, I mean I think that's a good point. I mean, in like sort of the post or not the post-Trump era, the the Trump era, uh, you know. <laughs> ongoing. I think it has a lot of people thinking about how, you know, a lot of liberal people in uh, cities on either coast <laughs> of the country. <laughs> Coastal thinking elites. About, thinking about all the people in the middle and how they, many of them voted for a person who we thought was never ever going to <laughs> become was the unelectable. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it probably has a lot of people considering the factors that would have led to that and kind of exploring those spaces, like how it was that Trump was able to sort of convince, uh, many like working class people that he was a solution mm-hmm. to their yeah. woes. Well, maybe not and, many, but enough enough just 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 barely yeah Yeah. and Um, enough of them didn't vote at all that also yeah yeah so i don't know i definitely think like a lot of games maybe aren't addressing it as directly as to be like i don't know those uh what is it was it the new york times which is the paper that keeps publishing the thing like this person is super racist but also they're a person and they oh, that's the new york times many perspectives that, that yeah. just keeps popping up on twitter and it i was just like oh constantly my God. constantly it's like yeah i feel like uh, night in the woods you, you invoked uh yeah new york times just just stop, stop please just stop please uh <laughs> But I mean, like Night in the Woods. At least as far as I haven't finished that game yet, I, I'm going to. I'm determined. Oh, good, great game. But uh, the it hasn't like it doesn't super directly address any of that. Um, well, yeah, it's not like it's mostly just like this is the the like setting and the cultural. This is the life that of it's people like working with. Yeah, a people whose uh, the utility of the place they live 
is no longer a thing in modern America, but they still live there. And yeah. They are learning how to cope with <laughs> living in yeah. a place that time has uh, forgotten, or not even forgotten, but just sort of has no need for anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, I was uh, listening to uh, um, a interview with Scott Benson, one of the people behind Night in the Woods, mm-hmm. and there that game came out in 2016, or maybe like early 2017. I forget, but I think it, it was it, 2017. Like, most of the development happened before Trump's election. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, it was released right after he was, like, literally weeks after he was elected, mm-hmm. or, like, a couple months. And then he he was saying, he was like, the moment the election results came in, I was like, oh, my God, everyone's going to think our game is about this. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, we just wanted to, like, use this setting and explore the kinds of stories we could tell there. But it just, Yeah, like, I mean, if you... It so happened that suddenly everyone was interested in those settings the yeah. moment after they released it. Yeah, and I'm curious how much of that has, like, I don't know. I feel like it was an unsung thing, probably when Night in the Woods was first conceived and kickstarted. Or and when while Kentucky Route Zero was first, first released. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky Route, didn't the first part come out in, like, 2012 or 2013? Like, 13, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, it wasn't quite on, as on the forefront of people's minds as it is now, so it's interesting seeing that the the sort of rise of that started before it kind of like in a in a certain mm-hmm. way probably could have uh um sort of predicted no maybe not predicted but sh- sort of been a precursor a, an indication that what was happening was happening before uh Donald Trump was elected and everyone was like oh shit this not <laughs> only like this has been happening it's not just like oh this happened it's has been happening so yeah yeah you that's a that's a looking. good point yeah and it's uh, I don't know, like this game obviously doesn't really dig into any specific politics. Yeah, yeah, I just uh, mean like literally in the just mm. kind of like the attention of its setting that it just wants mm. to kind of like like really draw out the specifics of the yeah. I guess in this case the Great Smoky Mountain region, and also sure. like really kind of like in the visuals you just I mean what little visuals there are, it's like it's mm-hmm. really going for the similar kind of like aestheticizing of like rusted out old mm-hmm. like uh industrial technology and so yeah like, all these random wires hanging around and like the, yeah it just looks cor- so all sort of like slapped together mm-hmm. in a way that I don't know, improvised it, yeah yeah i'm currently uh, playing kentucky road zero so it's on oh, okay mind. i have that's one that i feel like i should get around to at some point because the people who love that good. game absolutely weird, love it but good yeah yeah, yeah. i'm only um, on part two but all right well let's 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 refocus back on yeah, back, possum. To, back to the um, possum uh, uh okay here's a here's a this is a silly a silly thing but i i think we may have w- reached like the event horizon on only 2000s kids will remember because <laughs> the f- like one of the first pages of dialogue has a lizzie mcguire reference oh yeah <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid i'm i'm hoping it won't be as pervasive as uh only 90s kids remember because uh, i was i was i mean i was a very small child in the 90s so like some of the late 90s stuff i remember but i remember the reruns on nickelodeon nickelodeon not like the actual original runs because yeah. i was too little but this 2000 shit oh i re- i remember yeah you you remember lizzie mcguire like it was I yesterday i do i remember when lizzie mcguire 
uh, Lizzie McGuire premiered, and I was like, I'm not going to watch that. That's a show for girls. And then my older sister was like, I'm going to watch this. I am a girl. Is that the young Blake voice? Yeah, I'm not going to watch this. That's a show for girls. I'm a seven-year-old boy. Uh, (laughs) Speaking in the voice of a 45-year-old man. It's just what I do. It's my whole thing. It's my (laughs) shtick. But no, and then like watching Lizzie McGuire be like, you know, this is actually kind of relatable. I remember my dad watching that with us. Anyway, <laughs> it's kind of beside the point. But I just thought that was a funny thing. I'm, I'm afraid of. Yeah. Well, that does um, put a, as a counterexample to your theory that this takes place in an alternate 80s. Oh, you're right. Because if the kaiju but, apocalypse happened in the 80s, yeah. I don't think Lizzie McGuire would have ever risen to stardom. You know, I but, can't predict the alternate histories, but yeah, I think that's it, a safe bet. I think 80s might have been a bad. I just meant that it wasn't like, Right, it wasn't like a 2018 apocalypse. Like, honestly, I would believe like a like a mid 2000s because they still got those chunky monitors. Like everything wasn't like a flat screen yet, you know. Yeah. Um, but also, and it's also meant to be sort of like outdated, probably like sort of cobbled together out of like a the truck is from the 80s, but the apocalypse is happening in the 2000s or something, you know. Maybe yeah. To um, go with kind of like the people trying to get by with the materials at hand. Yeah, it's a, you know, folksy Pacific Rim. (laughs) Folksy Pacific Rim, I like that. Yeah, white collar, salt of the earth Pacific Rim. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, I'm trying to think of uh, like where we, what what next to dive into. This is kind of a brief game. It's a a little bit shorter than what we normally do. It probably only took 10 10 or 15 minutes to play through. Um, So what, what what are some other thoughts you have? Um, let's see. What did you think about the kind of like compressed time scale of the the plot? So like the whole thing takes place in like one cockroach fight mm-hmm. where they're they go out on uh, patrol or whatever to fight mm-hmm. one cockroach because it's, it showed up on radar or whatever. And yeah. then uh they radio back to headquarters and like yeah we only saw one so you can come back and on their way back they get like ambushed by a huge Mm -hmm. swarm of bugs um and then like the backstories of the characters is all like related to you either from flashback or um well i guess technically all from flashback like yeah like the plot takes place in like an hour um yeah i don't know i think it's uh i think it's good it has like a nice uh little pace to it Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it kind of gets in and gets out. Uh, yeah. It's a kinda short does its, Yeah. It does its thing pretty, pretty quickly. Um, I don't know. I think it's effective. I think um, it does a good job of like bringing up kind of the relationship at the right moments. Like uh, yeah. it sort of introduces the fact that they're sharing a brain uh, by having the whole, like the, when the game starts, you're already like in the middle of a fight and uh yeah it's, it keeps everything is referred to as we we and then as they're getting like jacked out of the mech and they're like all right we don't need to fight anymore so we can like get out of the the whatever the spinal bridge that's connecting our brains and it fades from we back into i and it, then it's like i know yeah, my sister's okay because i could feel everything but i look over just in case uh and it, it does a good job of kind of like introducing like Oh, and we're going to jack back in. It's like, I always forget the feeling of, uh, like animosity towards myself that kind of floods back to me when Uh. I like jack in, but it's also like a love. And I don't know. I I think the thing that was like resonated the most for me in this game was the sort of, 
family angle of it all because mm. a, a lot of it is about the relationship between the character you play as and this character's sister and how uh there's a lot of like protective instinct but also there's just there's tension there obviously yeah the, it, i mean the biggest tension that i noticed between the characters it seemed like I, this wasn't 100 percent clear to me but like mm-hmm. she mentions she, like somehow she my sister the protagonist's sister got mm-hmm. dad's heart was that supposed to be figurative or like Oh, because when I, I first know. read it, I was like heart transplants. <laughs> and oh, I, yeah. It wasn't I, clear to me if that was like, uh, like, you know, like she, you know, figuratively inherited dead spirit. Uh, yeah. Like, or it's was, like, you know, in this, mm. this gas punk world, uh, mm. some crazy heart transplant surgery happened. And I, yeah. I don't know what that was about. My interpretation was kind of like, cause basically a big part of the narrative of like why there's some kind of like, uh, I guess I keep saying like animosity. It's not quite animosity. It's just like uh, there's some some old wounds uh, mm, that are yeah, still yeah. like I don't know have never been fully Present. addressed. And is that yeah. the the character you play as uh, left home and went off to kind of do kind of live in isolation, be a trucker, and just drive around doing her own thing, whereas the the sister stayed like never left and stayed and like started a family and my interpretation was that uh like the father's heart was like her being like oh i'm really nice and so she wasn't nice enough to make a selfish decision to like leave the family i kind of like my thought is like oh well you know a parent gets sick and so you have to one sibling stays home to take care of them and the other one is kind of like all right cool i'm gonna go do this thing uh and it it seems like that that might be if that's not it's not necessarily like this specific uh thing that happened but it's kind of like evoking something i think it's kind of like intentionally um opaque you know it's not yeah it's not meant to be uh, a specific event but but i i sort of wanted to talk about the 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 whole family dynamic thing because it's something as a young adult uh, it's something I th- have thought about more and more as I become more of a family. regular adult. Yeah, and just, like, the connection of family and how, like, uh, as a little kid, you just, like, love these people unconditionally. Like, oh, my aunts and uncles. And then you become an adult. You're like, I don't even know them. I've seen them once a year for, like, ten years of being, like, actually aware of things. And, like, some of them kind of suck. <laughs> like... I have, a, I have a lot of family where if I was never – if I wasn't related to them, I would never associate with them. And there's yeah. something – there's like a weird tension of like – there are many of those people I would still say like love that person and I wish them the best. But also if I wasn't related to them, I would never choose to be around them. So yeah. there's – I don't know. There's a lot of like this weird dynamic of like – I don't know. There are some cousins that it's just like, honestly, if I never saw him again, maybe this is dark. If I never saw him again, I'd be fine. <laughs> you know, not the biggest. <laughs> well, fan. yeah, I mean, that could be that could be like not necessarily like, yeah, like aggressive, just kind of like uh-huh. I just don't really have much of a relationship with you. But yeah. it's just like, I mean, that's the, the weird thing about family. That's not true of any other relationship in your Mm-hmm. life which is that it's kind of thrust upon you in a way i mean i guess that's yeah. not 100 true but more than any other relationship yeah family is like thrust upon you which i mean yeah. it's kind of the the a theme in this story too because it's like like they are you know it, it's 
the the like explicit crisis of the kaiju apocalypse mm-hmm. is what ostensibly brings them together but the implication mm-hmm. seems to be also like despite the the distance there there remains yeah. some sort of like connection between the two of them it, yeah besides the, the literal connection of their spines yeah in this mech yeah i mean there's a there's like a kind of what drives the plot on toward the end is is just the sheer protective instinct of like trying to keep your sister alive as she's being yeah she'd been like brutally maimed uh in the sort of attack and yeah, so it gets a little gruesome yeah it does and there's actually like kind of two slightly different paths that you can do i don't know if you were aware of this i did um, notice it seemed like a moment where i had a choice because i noticed that i could click on a button or i could click on a word yep and yep. so did you explore them both i did not explore them both yeah i did they're pretty similar but the the one where you click on the word is basically your sister is dying and you're it's like well i can help her or i can launch bombs that are going to go kill the cockroaches and yeah. basically if you if you talk to her then you get a clear indication that like she's at least conscious at the end whereas uh at the other one it's like well she's unconscious but there's still i think they both still end with like help is on the way but the one ends with you shoot missiles and uh i, d- I don't even know if it explicitly states that uh, it got the roaches, but at least there's a chance that the roaches got got. But your sister is unconscious, and you're not really sure what the outcome of that is. Yeah. Versus, you don't launch the missiles. The roaches are heading toward uh, civilization that you're trying to protect, but your sister is still conscious, and help is on the way. Yeah. So, so yeah. I guess the 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 choice you make is whether or not you want to feel more sure that your sister will be safe, or more yeah. sure that. Tennessee that or the rest the of fuck. people will be safe. Yeah, yeah. People are safe. Yeah. Which I don't yeah, know. I, I remember I, I didn't realize. So I had sort of like gotten into a, a like reading headspace where I was like mm-hmm. clicking along as if I was turning pages. I wasn't even thinking sure. about choosing. So yep. I like looked for the bold word, clicked on it. And then like the moment before I clicked, I saw that you the, saw it? Yeah. the missile I did the same thing. light was on. I was like, oh shit, I could have done that, but it was too late. Yeah, I did the same thing, and then I just started it up again and clicked through the rest of the stuff really quickly to get yeah, back there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all this is to say that I think that the thing this game does best is like evoking like I care about this person more than it makes any sense to care about a person, but also like I know them so well that I I just have like there's always those things that like no matter who it is, someone you're very close to that you've known your entire, like literally your entire life. Like there are going to be things that you never forget or just like, even if it's not necessarily animosity, there's just like things that you know to be true about them that it's like other people for other people. This can be like, this is a horrible thing and I don't like this person because of that. And you're like, well, this is my sister. I love her to death, but she's got flaws and she's got these certain things that she does that I've spent many years coming to terms with. And it wasn't even really coming to terms with. It's just, they're the way things have always been, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. This game does, does a good job of like capturing that, I guess. Uh huh. For me. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think so too. I feel, I felt like I had some, some like emotional buy-in when, (laughs) when the sister was getting stabbed, stabbed by the over spinal over. spike. I was like, no, yeah, we should like, oh, stop that. That's fucked up. <laughs> we don't want that to keep happening. No, no more. No more stabbing. Uh, well, um, is there anything 
what else what else you got um i mean just one like final afterthought is i really like the the drawings for the game i thought they were nice besides yeah. just the uh the main cockpit the i don't know the little cockroach when it jumps up at you it looks kind of cool and yeah the, it's got good colors and it's uh it's, yeah i really like the coloration it does a good job of sort of having a placeholder for like the really evocative imagery. Like there's a specific part where uh, after you've like defeated the first cockroach before you get ambushed that the character is like talking about looking out the windows and like the foggy mountains uh, of that, you know, they're called the great smoky mountains because uh, they're prone to having like a low hanging, like dense fog. Uh, oh, and so I it's didn't like know talking that. about you, you how, some like, outside research. Thanks. Shit. For- I didn't re- I I didn't I guess I didn't really uh this is all just kind of assumption but that was my interpretation is that uh because it's just sort of like talking about dense fog and like shapes emerging in it and like oh, the little okay. images we, I guess we did we should make it clear like so you're looking through this cockpit and there are like viewport like windshields and uh, as things are uh, being described to you in text uh there's like images that are displayed that kind of like oh, represent yeah. what's happening yeah. um, uh, only like a one like a few times in the yeah it's only it's only a handful story, yeah. but yeah they're 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 pretty good um so yeah overall a uh, nice quick narrative game played in your browser experience the uh the kaiju apocalypse the familial tension step into the mama possum for yourself step into 2000s kid references <laughs> <laughs> um, well were there any others besides there was a reference to some pizza place that i didn't I, I was curious oh. if that was a specific pizza place. Yeah, I'm curious. Like, I feel like it might be one of those like in the Appalachian region that yeah, I don't the uh, like a, Sh- a Shoney's or something like that. Yeah. I didn't know existed until I had a friend that was from that area. Yeah, uh, but Maybe. yeah, Who I don't knows? know. There weren't a ton. Anyway, uh, you ready to talk about our game for next week? Uh, yeah. So next week, um, we are playing a game called Upward. Uh, it's by Pocket Fruit. Um, you could probably find it by Googling those things, but, uh, we will also link to it in Twitter as always. Um, the thing that drew us to this game that you might find interesting is that it was designed in Pico 8, which is, I guess, like a development environment. Well, you, you know more about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one of the big reasons I've been wanting to play a Pico 8 game for a minute because I learned about Pico 8 and it's a really cool thing. Basically it's an emulated console that but it's a console that never existed so they've emulated an envelopment uh, a development environment like you would have seen on like an early home gaming console so it's called pico 8 because it's kind of like approximately 8 bit so it uh all the development you do for it happens inside like basically a command line interface running on like an emulated little machine on your computer and like all the all the scripting is done uh through this interface and you're like doing sprite editing like all with your keyboard in this in this and there's like a limited set of colors and it's got like a a sound chip and uh the games uh are like disseminated in these like cart files which uh have like a size limitation so it's basically uh we'll we'll talk about this more in the episode i'm sure but it was it was built by a group of people to be like here's a set of like pretty specific constraints with which to make games. I mean, it's kind of basically a little bit, uh, it's a more accessible version of people who, uh, try and, uh, go back and do actual like native development for like SNESs. Cause there is, there is a community that, you know, hooks up a SNES to a computer and writes. Wait, really? Yeah. I forget what it was, but there was like, there was one that was actually kickstarted that they like made a game and they like found a factory that would make, 
like Nintendo. I forget if it was no NES way. or Super Nintendo. So they made cartridges. They, like, they made cartridges and put them out. And you could oh, you can play dude. it on a Super Nintendo. Yeah. Okay, so like that's kind of rad. Yeah, I think that this is kind of basically like what if that, but instead of the real consoles, it's a um, it's like sort of a fictionalized consoles that that we've created, and also yeah, we make sharing them super easy because any of them can play in a browser. Mm-hmm. And you can like go to our their forums and 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 find them there. So yeah, I'm really excited to like dive deeper into like Pico Eight and how cool it is. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah but we'll I do that next be... week. And also, uh, Upward seemed like it uses the the like sort of super like tight constraints to still do something that's interesting in in 2018, which is kind of I think an, another point of like Pico Eight is like, hey, what if people still had the restrictions of a super Nintendo or a, you know, a Nintendo and NES right mm-hmm. now in 2018, but we have all of the design knowledge, like the yeah. game design progression that we've had. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, and it does seem like it is in a lot of ways, a game about creative use of constraints. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Uh, That's kind of what I was, I, I won't say at. more spoilers, but I think yeah. I'm excited to play it. It should be good. So play upward. Um, we'll do that next week. And as always, Follow us on Twitter at EdgeGuardCast. Uh, we tweet out links to the games. We'll tweet out one to Ed, uh, Upward. And um, we also respond to any and all tweets. Um, if you have recommendations or if you just want to chat, uh, that's, I'll respond to that too. So um, follow you us there. we sound like cool dudes and you want to be our friend, which like, yeah. mm, not a great opportunity, but like... Mm. Well, you know, maybe not hit us, hit us up to be Blake's friend, but it's at least an okay opportunity to be my friend. I <laughs> tell you that much. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, do that, and um, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah.